Hello, fellow Rebel Capitalists. Hope you're well. So the credit default swaps for the United States default have skyrocketed. You could see by that thumbnail that I use. They're way higher now than during the GFC as an example or during any of the last bouts that we've had with this debt ceiling. So let's get into an article from Fortune and really dive into the details and try to figure out the probabilities of the U.S. defaulting on its debt. And then if they do default on the debt, what does that look like? Let's get right over to this article. No corner of the global economy will be spared. How America's first ever default would tank the entire world. And no, this article is not written by George Gammon. <laughs> it's written by Paul Wiseman and the Associated Press. So first and foremost, for all of you haters out there on Twitter or social media that always accuse me of being hyperbolic. Oh, George, you're just uh, exaggerating because that's the only way you can grow your YouTube channel. That's what they always say. Like I somehow would not hold these views if I, if I didn't have a YouTube channel. Like if I didn't have a YouTube channel, then I would never talk about Klaus. I would never talk to, about the World Economic Forum. In fact, just in my daily life, I would think that the US, that the global economy was just awesome and amazing, and the U.S. economy was on fire, and I'd have all these opposite views. But since I have a YouTube channel, then I have to make it seem like <laughs> there are all these reasons that the global economy is fundamentally unsound, or I have to make it seem as though they're this group of global elite central planners, authoritarians that want to enslave you with their central bank digital currency. But here you go. Here's proof. It's not just me saying these things. Now it's the mainstream media. I'm just early. That's the only thing that people need to realize, that I'm early. I always talk about these things before they're in the mainstream media. So then you point the tinfoil hat at me. Okay, well, at what point does conspiracy theory become conspiracy fact? <laughs> I'm just spitting the facts six months before the world accepts it. Okay, let's get back into this article here. An American creditworthiness crisis is incredibly irresponsible. That's an understatement. At this moment for the world, says former IMF chief economist Maurice Obstelf Obstfeld. Why is it that the, even the, the guys that work at the IMF have a name straight out of James Bond as far as the James Bond villain? I mean, we are truly living in a simulation. <laughs> I mean, geez. If the debt crisis rolling, roiling Washington were eventually to send the United States crashing into recession, America's economy would hardly sink alone. So now what they're talking about is just not really the United States paying back the T-bills that they owe, the maturing debt, but more so the fact that the United States would really have to cut back its spending and they'd have to make some tough decisions. So you've got to compartmentalize those two things. In this point, I, I completely disagree with them. I don't think that if the United States isn't able to fund the parks for a month or pay employees, that it's going to have some massive ripple effect across the entire global economy. This is really this Keynesian type of view. So the repercussions of a first ever default on the federal debt would quickly reverberate around the world. Orders 
for Chinese factories. See, they conflate these two things. They conflate the default on the federal debt to a default to where they couldn't pay their obligations or their other obligations, I should say. Orders for Chinese factories that sell electronics to the United States would dry up. Swiss investors who own U.S. Treasury would suffer losses. This is all nonsense. Yes, they would suffer losses. Yes, you might have some factory. But this is just, this is like your house being on fire and then you mentioning that uh, the toilet's broken. Uh, okay, fine. But we've got much, much bigger problems to deal with here. Now we get into, you can tell, because now we get into actual private sector economists and they're more so calling it like it is. No corner of the global economy will be spared. If the U.S. government defaulted and the crisis weren't resolved quickly, said Mark Zandi, chief economist, Moody's Analytics. Zandi and two other colleagues at Moody's have concluded that even if the debt limit were breached for no more than a week, the U.S. economy would weaken so much, so fast, as to wipe out roughly 1.5 million jobs. And if the government default lasts longer, well, into the summer, the consequences will be far more dire. A U.S. economic growth would sink. Um, yeah, all these things are true, but let's talk about the elephant in the room here. And that's that the global monetary system would completely implode. And they talk about that later on in the article here. But first, they talk about how they're just kind of going back, the Republicans and the Democrats. We know what's going on. Here's the Brookings Institute, a debt default. Now they're specifically talking about the debt not the, the the bills that the United States has said that they would pay that they might not be able to. The debt default would be a cataclysmic event. Those are their words, not, not George Gammon, the tinfoil hatter. With an unpredictable but probably dramatic fallout on U.S. and global financial markets. And this is Ezwar Prasad, professor of trade policy at Cornell University and senior fellow at Brookings Institute. So now they're talking about how the problem of the debt ceiling has worsened uh, relative to other times throughout history. If the, tr- if the trustworthiness of treasuries would become impaired for any reason, it would send shockwaves through the system and have immense consequences for global growth. Again, this is just, let me restate this the proper way. If the trustworthiness of treasuries would become impaired for any reason, it would send shockwaves through the entire global monetary system, the consequences would be we would go back to living in caves. Now, there I am exaggerating slightly, but let's put some real numbers to it. If the global monetary system collapsed, you would see the unemployment rate globally. Let's just say right now it's at uh, 7%. You would see that go up to 30 plus percent. In the United States right now, we're at 3.5. You would see the unemployment rate go up to, I mean, depression. It'd be 1930s all over again. Uh, It would go 25%, if not higher. I mean, what you have to understand, and the reason I'm so comfortable uh, saying and kind of using these terms that some consider hyperbole, is just look at the GFC. Look at how bad things got there, right? Well, what happened? That was the global monetary system imploding. Why did it implode? Because all of a sudden, a form of collateral that was seen as, we'll use his terms, trustworthy, blew up and was no longer available. And since the system didn't have enough collateral, it imploded. 
because it's a system that's completely based on trust. And if there isn't enough trust, if I'm going to lend you currency units, if I'm going to extend credit, I need something in return that I can trust. And that was mortgage-backed securities. And that was treasuries. So the whole GFC was a result of that one component of the collateral pie blowing up mortgage-backed securities. The only thing we had left, treasuries. So if you take the last component of collateral out of the equation, then what are you left with? Nothing. And you're left with an environment that would make 2008 look like a picnic. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Here we go. Treasuries are widely used as collateral for loans, as a buffer against bank losses, as a haven in times of high uncertainty, and as a place for central banks to park foreign exchange reserves. Forget the central banks. We're talking about the entire banking system, the commercial banks, the ones that are really responsible for not just the monetary system, but creating those quote-unquote dollars. Given their perceived safety, the U.S. government's debt, treasury bills, bonds, notes carry a risk weighting of zero in international bank regulations. Foreign governments and private investors hold nearly $7.6 trillion of the debt. And let's not forget, there's a collateral multiplier on that. So it's not, i.e., rehypothecation. So it's not just $7.6 trillion. That $7.6 trillion is being used to back up, let's say, $50 trillion. That's the part they're missing here. Now they go into the foreign reserves held by the world's central banks, and this would be the absolute least of my concerns. So then they go to talk about how the United, this would impact the United States dollar, but they talk about it, and here's where they go way off course. They talk about it from a standpoint as though this would somehow be destabilizing to the U.S. dollar. Let me read this here. So reliable is Americans, America's currency that merchants in some unstable economies demand payment in dollars. Not just merchants in unstable economies, pretty much merchants in all economies <laughs> instead of their own currency. Consider Sri Lanka battered by inflation, dizzy, dizzying drop in local currency. Earlier this year, shippers refused to release a 1,000 containers of urgently needed food unless they were paid in dollars. The shipment, I think we're, I thought we were de-dollarizing. Oh, anyway. The shipment piled up at the docks in Colombo because the importers weren't able to obtain dollars to pay the suppliers. Without dollars, we can't do any transactions, said Niall Senevaratni, a spokesman for essential food importers. We 
when we import, we have to use hard currency, mostly U.S. dollars. So let me be clear. This would not. This would actually do the opposite. Uh, the, the United States dollar, if the U.S. defaults on their debt, boy, oh, boy, you're talking about the dollar. Uh, and that could be just as, that could have just as dramatic of an effect as the default itself as far as what would happen to the value of the dollar. It would not go down. It would moonshot. It would absolutely skyrocket. And the counter argument there is going to be, no, 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 it would tank because now no one wants to hold dollars because no one wants to hold treasuries. And if they don't want to hold treasuries, therefore they don't need the dollars to buy the treasuries. But that is com- that is completely, <laughs> uh, what would the right say be? That's, not, that's uh, not seeing the forest for the trees. That, that's, that, that is a misunderstanding of the entire global monetary system. It is true that would happen in a little portion, but what would far outweigh that is the fact that the banks that create dollars and liquidity would completely collapse. And if that happens, you still have a lot of that outstanding debt. People still wanting to be paid in dollars. I mean, don't take my word on it. Take uh, whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> take Nahil's uh, word for it. Then what you would have is uh, the demand for dollars, but the supply of dollars would go de- down substantially. Now you say the demand might go down, okay, because the treasuries, fine, but you still have the dollar-denominated debt where they have to come up with those dollars to pay down the debt. Well, let's, let's, I think it's easier if I use a, an example that everyone can kind of relate to. So you've got a $500,000 mortgage, all right? And let's just say that there's no longer that much demand for dollars, and uh, therefore, you say, okay, from now on, I want to get paid in euros, or I want to be paid in the new BRICS currency, or I want to be paid in gold, or I want to be paid in Bitcoin. That's all fine and dandy. But at the end of the month, you've got to come up with that mortgage payment in dollars. You can't just say, oh, it's a dollar loan. Here, here's some Bitcoin. <laughs> now, if it's with your good buddy, you might be able to do that, but not if it's with the IMF. Or not if it's within a bank. And you say, George, a lot of that debt would decrease because these banks are blowing up. That's true. But that debt would be absorbed by someone else. (laughs) Cough, JP Morgan. You see? Where, yes, you have all these banks blowing up, but they get consolidated to bigger and bigger and bigger banks until pretty much you you only got one balance sheet left. And that's the central banks. And therefore, that debt would be an asset on their balance sheet. But they can't go bust regardless of what happens. So here they talk about, even though we were the problem, we, the United States, there was still a flight to quality. Uh, the dollar is king. Um, and again, it, will the dollar be king forever? Absolutely not. Is the dollar losing its reserve status? Absolutely. It are, is the world de-dollarizing? Yes, for sure. But this takes decades. This doesn't take weeks or days or months, anything like that. So that's my point. Dollar would rip higher against other currencies, which might even be a bigger problem than the United States defaulting on the treasuries to begin with. So now let's go over uh, some good news here. That is the probability of this happening, regardless of what's happening with the credit uh, default uh, swap market, is incredibly low. Incredibly low. It's not a zero probability. And I think the probability is higher than it ever has been. 
and this would be the mother of all black swan events. I can promise you that. But the good news, I think, even though these politicians are completely insane, I think if it got down to the last minute or the last hour, they would be getting calls right and left from, I think they'd even get a call from Klaus saying, hey, 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 guys, time out, time out. It is true that I want nuclear war. It is true that I want to eradicate 4 billion people. All these things <laughs> are accurate, but this is going too far. <laughs> you get the call from the UN, the IMF, the, the Bank of International Settlements, Jamie Dimon, you name it. They would be calling up and saying, hey, th- you can't do this. This is going too far. Now, maybe there's some sort of mechanism in there that I, I don't realize that would actually prompt them to do this. Or maybe they, they for whatever reason, they couldn't get the deal done. And just due to complete uh, uh, incompetence, maybe that's it. Maybe they try to get the deal done, but they can't. They don't file the paperwork or whatever. It's not, it's not legal, and the net result is still the same. I don't know. We definitely have to pay attention to this. But the good news is the probability is, is very, very low that this actually plays out. But, I mean, I guess you could say the same thing about nuclear war, Right. On one hand, the probability is very low, but unfortunately, if it were to play out, you're talking about potentially the annihilation of of the human race. That's a reason why we got to pay attention to this stuff. And hopefully, hopefully, the politicians will come to their senses um, and and do the right thing. But again, long term, we're going to be in this position this is not the last time we're going to be in this position because we're just kicking the can down the road. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.